Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a mission of faith. Reflections from the Heart with your host, David Abel, is an outreach of Gospel Reflection, a ministry of Stewardship, a mission of faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join David as he breaks open the bread of life in the Gospel reading for Sunday's Mass. And as the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers, inspires us today with the truths he reveals to our hearts through his word. Now, here's David with Reflections from the Heart. Hello and welcome to Reflections from the Heart. My name is Rob Longo with Stewardship and Mission of Faith, and we're so happy to be here today. Uh, with me is Tom D'Angelo, Tom Terrace, and Don Gleichman. The four of us are part of the team at Stewardship. Guys, great to be here with you. Thanks, hey, Rob. Thank you. Great to be here. All right. So for those of you who have joined us before for Reflections from the Heart, uh, welcome back. For those who are new, it's a it's a gospel reflection. And what is a what is a gospel reflection? Well, we're going to do something that's pretty awesome. We're going to look at the gospel that we will hear this coming Sunday. So when Sunday comes at Mass, we're not hearing it for the first time. And uh, when we read the gospel and, and we hear the words of, uh, of, of, of our Lord, we, we pause, we reflect, and we just ask the question, God, what are you trying to say to me? Right? And usually a word or a phrase might jump out, and we just, we just ponder that. So uh, for those of you who are listening, just keep that in mind and just look for that, listen for that word or phrase that Jesus might be speaking to your heart. Okay. For those who are able to grab a Bible, uh, this Sunday's gospel is from the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew three one to twelve. Matthew three one to twelve. Uh, before we begin, let's let's start with a prayer. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit. Please fill our hearts with your love. Fill our hearts with your wisdom and knowledge and understanding. Fill us. Fill us. Fill us. So that we can be vessels of your love to every single person that we meet this day and always. Uh, amen. Amen. And we're going to pray something that's uh, a very powerful prayer that uh, a lot of people, for the first time when they hear it, they, they recoil a little bit. It's called the Litany of Humility, and uh, it's praying to be released from different fears and desires. And uh, the response, most general response is, Lord, free me. And then at the end, Lord Jesus, make this my prayer. So those of you who are listening, just pray along with us from, from wherever you are. Tom, you're going to get us started. Okay. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Jesus, meek and humble of heart. Hear me. From the desire of being esteemed. Lord, Lord Jesus, Jesus, free me. From the desire of being loved. Lord, Lord Jesus, Jesus, free me. From the desire of being acclaimed. Lord, Lord Jesus, Jesus, free me. From the desire of being honored. Lord, Lord Jesus, Jesus, free me. From the desire of being praised. Lord, Lord Jesus, Jesus, free me. From the desire of being preferred. Lord Jesus, free me. From the desire of being consulted. Lord Jesus, free me. From the desire of being approved. Lord Jesus, free me. From the desire of being valued. Lord Jesus, free me. From the fear of being humbled, Lord, Lord Jesus, free me. From the fear of being despised, Lord Jesus, free me. From the fear of being dismissed, Lord Jesus, free me. From the fear of being rejected, Lord Jesus, free me. From the fear of being defamed, Lord Jesus, free me. From the fear of being forgotten, Lord Jesus, free me. From the fear of being ridiculed, Lord Jesus, free me. From the fear of being wronged, Lord Jesus, free me. From the fear of being suspected, Lord Jesus, free me. From resenting that my opinion is not followed, Lord Jesus, free me. That others will be loved more than I, 
Lord Jesus, make this my prayer. That others will be esteemed more than I. Lord Jesus, make this my prayer. That others will increase in the opinion of the world while I diminish. Lord Jesus, make this my prayer. That others will be chosen while I am set aside. Lord Jesus, make this my prayer. That others will be praised while I am overlooked. Lord Jesus, make this my prayer. That others will be preferred to me in everything. Lord Jesus, make this my prayer. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, though you are God, you humbled yourself to the extreme of dying on the cross to set an enduring example of the shame of my arrogance and vanity. Help me to learn your example and to put it into practice so that humbling myself in accordance with my lowliness here on earth, you can lift me up to rejoice forever in heaven. Amen. Amen. In the Father, Son, Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. So for those... Uh, who might be interested in, in praying that prayer uh, every day, we have it in our Stewardship of Prayer, my daily Catholic prayers prayer book. So if you just contact us at Stewardship Mission of Faith, we'll send you one or multiple copies. And if you, wanted to, if you want to start or join a Gospel Reflection, contact us as well. We can help you either locate one to plug into, or we can help you start your own at your parish, in your home, at a, at a, at a convenient location for, uh, for a group to get together. So we're, we're here to serve you if you want to get one of these groups going yourself. All right. So Tom, Tom T., if you can give us, uh, give us a little Gospel, please. Yeah, this is uh, Matthew chapter 3, verses 1 through 12. John the Baptist appeared, preaching in the desert of Judea, and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It was of him that the prophet Isaiah had spoken when he said, A voice of one crying out in the desert, Prepare the way of the Lord, make straight his paths. John wore clothing made of camel's hair and had a leather belt around his waist. His food was locusts and wild honey. At that time, Jerusalem, all Judea, and the whole region around the Jordan were going out to him and were being baptized by him in the Jordan River as they acknowledged their sins. When he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to his baptism, he said to them, You brood of vipers, who warned you? to flee the coming wrath, produce good fruits as evidence of your repentance, and do not presume to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. For I tell you, God can raise up children to Abraham from these stones. Even now the axe lies at the root of the trees. Therefore, every tree that does not bear good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. I am baptizing you with water for repentance, but the one who is coming after me is mightier than I. I am not worthy to carry his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fan is in his hand. He will clear his threshing floor and gather his wheat into his barn, but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise, Praise the Lord, Lord Jesus Christ. Christ. When we were doing this uh, Gospel Reflection Group in our parish yesterday, there was a footnote in my Bible, a couple of footnotes in my Bible that were interesting. One of them was that the kingdom of God, if I put that in quotes, the kingdom of, of, the kingdom of heaven, is a short abbreviated way of saying God. Instead of using his name, sometimes they simply use the kingdom of heaven. So God is at hand. Mm -hmm. The other notation I found was in, in Deuteronomy, there is a reference to the one who will come to announce the Lord's coming will be wearing a clothing of camel's hair and have a leather belt around his, wa his waist, which perfectly goes right along with the, that sentence in there about how John was dressed. So the Israelites would have recognized that he was the one. Yeah, he was. He dressed the part, I guess. That's right. 
we uh, I also was involved with one at our parish earlier in the week, and uh, one of the things that somebody brought up, which I thought was kind of um, interesting and challenging at the same time, was if uh, if the the winnowing fan is in Jesus's hand and he's getting ready to clear the threshing floor, the wheat must be something that's weighty and firm. And the chaff is something that will blow away. And what kinds of things would make, you know, the question, the questioner said, what kind of things would make me heavy enough not to get blown away when the winnowing fan comes? You know, what, what do I have to do to be wheat, you know, to be wheat so I'm not blown away with the chaff? Uh, and then we got into a discussion about faith and how, you know, um, being persistent, being, you know, um, uh, you know, faithful to the to the call of Christ and and our our um, uh, desire to grow in intimacy with Him was one of the ways. Although that that grows and changes over a period of time, having that insistence and that that continuity over a period of time of continually desiring Him and having to grow in that was one way that came up, which was probably triggered by the fact that we're you know, in, in Advent approaching the Christmas season. So that that growing desire that comes out of our faith to be united with Christ or to have him come into our hearts, I guess, more appropriately at Christmas. So that was that was one thing that brought up that that will weigh us down. You know, that will that will keep us from being blown away by the by the winnowing fan. Yeah, what jumped out at me in this reading is uh, the very beginning. Um, John the Baptist appeared. So it just uh, makes me think of like who has appeared in my life that has challenged me or has uh, maybe helped me, you know, in my road toward God or uh, John the Baptist appeared. Maybe it's not a a, a person, but, um, you know, some cross or problem in my life. Because as Don said, the next line, repent for God is at hand. And I think sometimes I don't see God in problems. So if I have a, some kind of a problem in my life, maybe God is trying to tell me something that, you know, he wants me to come to him with it, you know, to repent of it. But, uh, you know, many times maybe you have this problem or cross and you run from it, you know, if it's whatever, drugs, alcohol, you run to instead of God. Mm-hmm. So, you know, John was a prophet, so he's challenging people when he appeared to, you know, repent and turn back to God. Um, so I think uh, in a way, Maybe you have to ask ourselves, what, how is he appearing in my life, and, and what's so, it challenging me to? So, ha, ha, did any answers come when you ask yourself that? Time is there a person or a situation that I can, that I was can... thinking about that. I can't think right off the top of my head of any certain person. I was more about problems, or okay. you know, like uh, you know, why is this? Why am I going through this divorce or whatever? And um, where is God in that? Mm. And and so I think he's might be calling me if if that's whatever problem it is he's calling you through that mm. problem back to himself because only he could solve it you know. Yeah. Yesterday we discussed that point for a while and an interesting thought came to mind. Toward the end of the first paragraph it says, "Produce good fruit as evidence of your repentance." Just before that, without a word from their lips. The Pharisees and Sadducees, who were known as the the religious of the community, had come to him, and he immediately said, "You brood of vipers." He hadn't he hadn't waited for them to say a word. They hadn't done a thing. They had just walked up, and he says, "You brood of vipers." Why? Well, unless we're producing fruit as evidence of our repentance, we can't assume that we we have repented. So we started discussing 
just because we're baptized, just because we go to church every Sunday, just because we do these things, just because we go to confession, da 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 da, da just because we're, quote, good Catholics, doesn't mean we've got the kingdom of God sewed up. We have to have actions that yield good fruit. And then there was a, a comment about the recent disaster at Ohio State University when the, the man ran several people down with a car, and then he got out and started stabbing people. And he was stopped when a police officer who was off duty but doing something else nearby heard the ruckus. And unlike all of the students who were running away from the problem, he ran toward the problem. Mm-hmm. And he shot the perpetrator. Do we run away from problems, as you were saying, Tom, or do we run toward them? Because mm-hmm. every problem that comes to us or everything that comes across our path is part of God's plan for us. Do we run from it or do we run toward it just because it doesn't look like it'll, it's a good thing? Yeah. Mm. And, and Don, thank you for sharing that. And there's a really cool, uh, cool experience I had the, uh, the day before Thanksgiving talking about people running towards a problem. There's a, a section in Philadelphia, the Kensington section of Philadelphia, that is, uh, is in need of a lot of love and a lot of prayers. It's uh, you know, a rough, rough neighborhood, a lot of drugs. It's a lot, of, a lot of stuff going on there. And a lot of people have run away from that problem. And there's a guy that's involved in a gospel reflection group that I'm involved with in Chester who has gone to and he felt drawn to Kensington. And he went and he stayed and he went back and he went back again and again and again. And he's developing relationships in that town and, he, and he, he's in a relationship with a group of guys who started a high school in Kensington. And a group of us from the, the Gospel Reflection Group went on the day before Wednesday, before Thanksgiving, along with the entire varsity baseball team at a local Catholic high school, some girls field hockey players from a local high school, some other families. So there was 125 people that came to the school that just started in September where there's 34 young men and women, freshmen and sophomores in high school. They're starting with freshmen and sophomore, and then they'll add a, a grade each year. Next year, it'll go up to junior year. Then the year after that, up to senior year. And all these people came towards, quote unquote, the problem. Right, Kensington, all these people from, you know, the outskirts, not very far away, but far removed, not very far away geographically, but far removed, you know, relationally and, and, you know, getting involved, came to the problem. And they came out of love for these kids that they never met. They heard the story of this, of this school and people flocked, these 125 people flocked to the school and they have a big open room in the school. And we met there for mass and for gospel reflection. So we had a gospel reflection with 125 people plus the 34 students. And it was, Mm. it was powerful. And then afterwards we had one-on-one opportunities to meet the students, to talk to them and hear their stories and, and maybe develop relationships with them because they, they need mentors in their lives. And it was awesome to see all these people Mm. coming to this school in Kensington. And the, the, the motto of, it's called Liguori Academy, is boundless love. Boundless love. It's named after St. Alphonsus Liguori. And even though it's not a, mm. a Christian school or a Catholic school, it's just a private school. They don't teach religion or theology, but they pray every day. Everyone who is involved in it is Eucharistically focused. And that's why they do what they do. And, uh, and to see the love that was there 
by the people who came, the students, the gratitude that these students have, because for them, most of them, it's a second chance to, mm. to get an education. And I, and I think of John the Baptist, like he really gave some tough love here. And I was asking some of the kids, what does boundless love mean to you? What, is, what does that mean? And they, they, the, the consistent theme was a love that never ends, a love that's eternal, a love that never stops. Even when they're disciplining me here at this school, I know they love me. And they're doing it because they love me. And this one boy who doesn't go to the school, but he went to a high school where the, the president of this school taught. And he called him Mr. Mike. He said, Mr. Mike almost killed me when I was a freshman. He almost killed me when I was a senior. And he was saying this with a smile on his face. And he said, it wasn't until meeting Mr. Mike that I knew a man could love me. My dad's been in jail since I was born. And, I, and mm. I, I don't, I've never seen him. And I never knew that a man could love me until Mr. Mike came into my life. And it's because he loved me that he almost killed me freshman year and senior year because he knew I was better than my behavior. And he challenged me. And, and now, God willing, in January, this young man is going to enter the Marines. Wow. And he's taking care of his younger siblings. He's being the man, the father mm-hmm. figure that he never received. Right? So right. just like John the Baptist had to wake people up, shake people up, um, but, but he did it out of love for God and love for others. This guy, Mr. Mike, sees yeah. the good in others. He sees people's potential, not where they are now. And and he's running towards, Don, like you're saying, he's running towards this problem area in, 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 in Philadelphia and creating this environment of boundless love for these 34 yeah. young men and women. It's, it's awesome. Beautiful. Jesus said that we have to be salt and light. If there is darkness... And we are light, and we go toward it. We can dispel the darkness. Good story. You know, I'm, I'm thinking when you were talking about um, that young man who's going to be entering the Marines, uh, this is, is a little bit off off the beaten path, but I never watch the golf channel. I don't golf. I'm not, I'm not really <laughs> interested in golf. But I'm flipping around, and I think Sunday night or Monday night, they have The Legend of Bagger Vance and Will Smith. It was a fairly popular movie, and I had never seen it before, so I watched a little bit of it. And there was one section in there where he's coaching. He was a caddy, a black man who was a caddy, I think, back in the— 20s or maybe it was around the turn of the century or so and he's coaching this guy that he's caddying for and he says he's telling him how to get his swing back because he had a swing and now he's like hacking all over the place and he's just blowing up in this tournament against Bobby Jones and some other so he says the swing is in there everybody's got their natural swing they've got he said you just have to let it come out you just have to let it come out and it made me think of when you were talking about that is this guy had no father he had no father figure he probably didn't have any male role models but he knows it's in there you know the 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 love that we're born that we're born with is in there we just have to let it come out and Mm -hmm. somebody needs to trigger that or spark it in order for that to be, you know, for, for that to come out of us. And it just made me think of that, that, um, that lesson that, and then we, and we even say this, you know, Jesus is in all of us, but we, we need something to bring it out. We need, we need to challenge ourselves. We need to be challenged by others. And that man, that young man will never be the same again. He will always remember that because, and maybe the fact that here's walking toward the problem, the fact that he didn't have a father figure means that from now on, he will always remember that because for so long he had to live without mm-hmm. it. And now he knows what it's like to be, not just have that, but be that. 
for somebody else. So that's a that's a great story, a great lesson, and it is walking toward the problem. I mean, he's now walking toward his problem, mm-hmm. you know. So what great, great evidence, great fruit. Um, so with this winnowing fan, the the stuff, the chaff that's that that flies away because of the fan, the lightweight it's stuff. The lightweight yeah. stuff. <laughs> the lightweight stuff is yeah. the things you things you do, like the catechesis, yeah. and, and the things you do in order to be called a Catholic. But being a Catholic is something that's a lot more, yeah. a lot more than that. It's actually living the law of love, yeah. loving those that perhaps don't love you at the moment. Yeah. So, what are what are some of the good fruits? You know, Tom, I know you, you and Tom, Tom D, you and I uh, help we help each other with uh, the gospel reflection for for some of the the seniors and and the young people that might need yeah. a little a little spark with questions uh, to to spur the conversation. So it's another thing that we offer through stewardship. And every week we look at the gospel and come up with some food for thought. And your question was really one of your questions was really interesting, and it was about the good fruit. Yeah. And uh, Ah, you want to read that question? Maybe. We can... Yeah, I didn't. I didn't actually have a good answer to it myself, but I just put it out there. So, when John uh, saw the Pharisees and Sadducees coming toward him to be baptized, he challenged them to produce good fruit as evidence of their repentance. What kinds of things do you think would meet John's test today as good fruit? That's evidence of our repentance. And are we prepared to engage in those during Advent? But the first thing that came to my mind was. Um, you know, almsgiving, because that's that's a that's a common thing that you can do to demonstrate repentance. We talk about that a lot during Lent. But then I thought, well, if that's not your if you're if you're generous anyway, that's not really a sign of repentance. Like you really need to find something that like if you're jealous of other people, can you learn to be generous with them? If you're um, you know, if there's if you're struggling with telling the truth all the time can you can you kind of drag yourself kicking and screaming to 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 always try to be as honest as you can um but it should be something that to to don's point we should be walking toward a problem to solve it as opposed to doing something that's easy for us and and just a real quick another reflection from earlier in the week and so it's not it's not mine but i'm going to steal it from somebody else because it was a good one um Mm -hmm. they were talking about um, somebody challenged the group and said, how does John the Baptist get off calling these Pharisees and Sadducees a brood of viper? He, they just showed up and he doesn't even give them a chance to do anything. And somebody else pushed back and said, well, you know, you can kind of tell when people, you know, you can, we make judgments all the time about whether people are sincere or insincere or whatever. He said, so people are showing up, you know, they're kind of stripping down, their shoulders are maybe hunched over, their, their, their heads are bowed, they're they're feeling repentant. They're feeling the weight of their sins, and they're feeling relieved when they come out. You know, here's maybe the Pharisees and Sadducees coming in from town, getting off of their camels, or you know, having somebody being carrying them or something, taking off their robes and walking down proudly to be baptized, like all the rest of the, you know, the the the, the people. Um, so maybe there was something like that. And I'm not saying it is. I'm just kind of he was fantasizing to make kind of make the point, but. What kinds of things would be evidence that you were – well, if you're a Pharisee and a Sadducee, maybe showing up without your royal robes, maybe walking along with everybody else, maybe 
really truly humbling yourself to be like everybody else because that wasn't what they that wasn't you know Jesus criticized them for widening their phylacteries and you know putting large amounts in the collection you know and and all that stuff so maybe being like everybody else for them is walking toward their problem their pride their hmm. you know their vanity their they're grasping onto these empty things so for us, for me you know I have to kind of even look at my examination of conscience and confession, what would be, for me, may not be the same thing for you that would be evidence of, of uh, you know, of the, of, the, of the good fruit. Because I need to go toward my problems. I need to go toward those things and try to root those out of my heart. Those are the things that are keeping me from turning back to Christ, keeping me from turning back to God. Speaking for myself, I think some of those heavy things that I find difficult are exercising mercy, yeah. giving forgiveness, Ouch! Yeah, <laughs> uh, looking at others and looking at others with the love of Christ, recognize, trying to recognize Christ within the person, even though at the moment they may be very hateful toward us. Mm-hmm. Those are the things that are hard. The things that are hard are normally the things that are weighty. Yeah. If it comes easily, no big deal. Yeah, yeah. For for me, I know one thing. Over the holidays, in particular, when my girls come home, you know, there's four women in the house and uh, and uh, it's not it has nothing to do with keeping the toilet seat down although that has to happen but but it's you know it's trying to be empathetic and listening to them because whenever they're talking and they share something I go in like a typical male. Solution I go in, mode. Yeah, I go into well. Here, here's easy to fix that. Here's all, you know. And it's like sometimes they're you know they're patient enough with me to say, Dad, I just need you to listen. I didn't need a solution <laughs> to the problem. And you know oh, that's, again. that oh. is really that is really hard for me. Oh, and so I, and I understand it completely in my head, but getting catching yourself and not doing it is a whole nother thing. You know. Yeah. So. I'm sure we all have things like that, but that's one I'm gonna I'm gonna consciously work on over the holidays and you know, with the girls coming home. For me, the challenge for the producing good fruit is uh, uh, at home after a long hard day, and you're tired, looking to serve rather than be served, is uh, is a bad one. Just you know, the other night I had a long day. I was you know left the house at six a.m. and it was you know nine. Still haven't been home yet. And then my wife calls. Oh, can you stop? I just got home. I feel like going out again. Can you stop at whatever and, and pick this up? I was like, woman, I haven't been home for fifteen hours. You know, <laughs> come on, I'm tired. Right, like my, I started going into that yeah. mode instead of being just like, ah, sure. You know, like so. I did the deed, but the Lord saw my heart, and my heart was not in it. So I yeah. came home with the items that were needed. But blew the opportunity to yeah. do it with a you yeah. know with a, a loving heart you know mm-hmm. even though I did the deed you know our Lord saw my heart and I was complaining the whole way the whole way doing it so but you, know. you but you saw that and now you have the opportunity to dig deeper in there yeah and you know bring it to confession or whatever so yeah yeah so uh, wow. there's that's the grace of confession is showing us those opening our eyes to those yeah. situations so yeah, and in the season of Advent let's uh, let you know. Confession is not just for Lent, right? Let's uh, let's yeah. rush to that beautiful, beautiful gift that Amen. God has given us, and uh, and seek repentance, um, go to confession, and receive God's mercy. So, with that, we'll sign off. God bless you all. Have a good day. Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. We hope that you have been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, you might consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. 
for information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org and click on Gospel Reflection Groups, or call us at 717-367-0100. Stewardship, a mission of faith, is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make Reflections from the Heart possible. If you enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation by visiting our website or calling us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of David and the staff here at Stewardship, a Mission of Faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him.